if you want to represent yourself through whatever, like you, I would assume you want to represent yourself well. Welcome to hashtag Pass the Mic Youth. This is a mic drop. Less editing, more listening. For us, part of passing the mic means making space for others and listening to what they have to share. This mic drop is a continuation of my conversation with Dominique. Last time, Dominique discussed how fashion and art can be a force for activism. In this episode, Dominique and I go into how what we wear can have deeper roots than what we might initially realize. Before we get into this episode, we want to provide a little context for what cultural appropriation actually is. Cultural appropriation is using ideas, practices, or items that are significant to another culture in a way that removes its cultural heritage. Generally, it's the culture of marginalized communities that is appropriated. Some examples include wearing culturally significant clothing or hairstyles and using culturally rooted language. These actions have cultural meaning behind them. When people who are not a part of the marginalized community take part in these cultural actions, even without meaning harm, the important meaning behind these items is erased. One form of cultural appropriation that has often come up in the news is theme parties. They have a theme that focuses on a marginalized group like Cinco de Mayo, Indians versus Cowboys, or luau-themed parties where partygoers dress as people from a culture they are not a part of and reduce the culture to a stereotype. Now, let's dive into the episode. I like your idea and your thoughts of, of what we wear and fashion as a form of self-identity and expressing who you are. But I think also looking at it from the activism perspective, and then there's also the sort of side that is often now much more in the news for good reason of people wearing lots of different pieces from other cultures and sort of a not truly understanding what that is. Mm, cultural appropriation is a tough subject. I remember I had a friend in high school and she wanted to buy her significant other a nameplate, which is a little metal necklace with your name on it. And those were necklaces, as far as I know, that were popularized by black and brown women. And the significant other she was trying to buy it for was white. And I remember she came and asked me, like, oh, what do you think about this nameplate? What do you think about the font? And I was just really 100% with her because we had that relationship. And I was like, I don't know if it's – I'm just letting you know this could come across as appropriative because it had the real cute font and everything, like the classic cursive font with the little loops at the bottom. It was cute, but I kind of just said this is something that black and brown women have been wearing and could be um, identified as ghetto or hood or like not professional for wearing that when, when a certain kind of person wears it, it's trendy now. Or it's edgy now, but it's been around for a long time. Like big hoops or big long acrylics that you see on Instagram everywhere. I think those are all trends that black and brown women started and still subscribe to. And so I think when it comes to cultural items, it's really 
hard to educate yourself about it in a way that's not going on the internet and being like, is this okay? Which is a great way to educate yourself instead of relying on like certain people in your life if you assume that they know about that culture because of whatever identifying factor that you're using to associate them with a certain group. But it's really difficult. But I think you, but just if you're thinking about it or if you're questioning if it is, it's just better not to. Um, or just go on the internet and look up and see if it's okay. I think it's hard to see like very public figures like the Kardashians just shamelessly appropriate black culture and characteristics of black women and just be like, yeah, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, we're doing it and because I feel like it empowers a lot of their followers or just culture in general to think that that's okay. But I think you have to pay homage to where it came from Mm -hmm. for starters. Like before you even try it, do it. I think you have to pay homage where it comes from. Yeah, not like saying, oh, I made this up. Check out this cool new thing that I've discovered. Yeah, right. And so I just think like educating yourself, you have the internet, you have Google, you have Instagram. There's great people on Instagram who will talk all day about cultural appropriation. There's so much on Twitter about cultural appropriation. Just like look it up and see like, is this okay? I don't think there's anything wrong with educating yourself. And I think people associate that with like political correctness and everything when I think at the end of the day it boils down to respecting people's preferences and I don't think it's so wrong to go out of your way to show someone respect and I think I mean I I just think like oh that's so much work or like what can we say anymore what can we do and it's just like but you're just being more intentional about the way you interact with the world and what's wrong with that that's how I see it yeah, I think that's a very good way of looking at it as being more intentional and looking at things that have like, people have, have done for a long time, but now being actually more aware of it um, because everything that I think we all do and especially what we wear, like what we're talking about, makes a statement about who you are and what you believe too. Mm-hmm. And I just think like if you want to represent yourself through whatever, like you, I would assume you want to represent yourself well. Yeah. And so I think just doing just really thinking if you want to wear a certain article of clothing that might be culturally significant i'd assume that when you buy it you know it's culturally significant or i think a lot of people do know just because they're very unique and they stand out so just look it up google has that cute little feature where you take a picture and it searches it up for you if you don't know what it's called that is kind of what i would that's what I would do if I was in that position. Usually, or I don't think I've ever found myself in that position. But if you were to, just look it up. It's easy. Um, sort of going back to what you said about people who are saying, oh, well, now we can't say or do anything. It seems like those are also the people who are maybe talking about, like, oh, we want to host a theme party. And no. the sort of base of that is that that is in a way like mocking another culture and recognizing like that what you're doing is offensive. And even if like you're not trying to be openly offensive about it, like not explicitly saying something, but you're absolutely implying that you're looking down on another culture. Mm -hmm. And I think just like with the theme parties, you can look at it on one way is like that's a costume and you can choose to take it off. Some people can't choose to take it off. 
And I know people love them some Cinco de Mayo. I know people love to dress like cholos and cholas. I just, when I see that stuff, I remember I went to Chapel Hill, Franklin Street for Halloween. I saw a couple of cholos and I'm like, I know you don't bang. I know you don't. And they have the fake little teardrop and everything. Or I went to Party City to shop for decorations for a MeFam event. And I just saw, like, the Hispanic wall, which had serapes and handlebar mustaches and maracas. Like, all this stuff. And it's just, like, sometimes you see this stuff on the internet where people get busted because they had, like, a really offensive party. But you kind of don't think that, oh, that doesn't happen near me or, like within my environment and then you go to party city and you see all of this stuff or they sell afros and it's just bizarre like i don't know when it was ever okay to dress like a mexican whatever that looks like or dress like a black person and i just it's very it's very weird to me and then you see like certain popular people on nc state like oh i look like a mexican right now or oh just comments like that and it's just like but why, though? Like, why would you even say that? Yeah, why do you use another culture as right. a costume? Right, yeah. or why do you think it's, like, why is that fun for you? I That's what I get hung up on, and so I just don't, I just don't have the patience for it. If you do that, like, just get prepared to get pulled up on by someone. It might not be me, but it might be someone else, and hopefully other people hold them accountable. But I think it's slowly but surely becoming like more and more known that it's not okay just to put a culture on for a day and I think that comes with like football teams too like the Redskins like people wear headdresses at those games all the time their offense their logo is real offensive and so I think it's just and the name too is a derogatory term right a whole a whole NFL team I mean, hopefully that'll get dismantled sooner or later. But I just think that I think it's becoming more and more unacceptable, which is great. Thank you so much, Dominique. And thanks for coming to talk to me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Hashtag Pass the Mic Youth is made possible through NC State Extension. This podcast does not necessarily represent the views of NC State or the Extension program. A big thanks to Josh Thorne for our theme music and to Dominique for talking with us not one, but two episodes. To learn more, check out our website, PassTheMikeYouth.com. We have blog posts, incredibly creative youth submissions, and educational curriculum to explore. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far and want to hear more, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this mic drop. Now it's your turn to pick it up and let your voice be heard.